When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, I got to admit, man, I know we talk about this a lot, but I'm still finding some surprises with what Megascans and Quixel Suite is able to do for us, dude. Like, please help me step my game up, Brandon, because I'm, I'm still learning here. But it just seems so expansive. There's so much to offer in this package. You are correct, sir, because Megascan is doing a weekly release every time you're subscribed. So this week, there's a lot of cool looking rocks, some quarries, nature that... It would be very difficult to recreate using ZBrush or any other 3D package. And this is what they're doing every single week. They're giving new scans, expanding the library just for you to use so that you can be creative using Unreal or Unity. So if you want to go ahead and adopt this into your project right now, go to the Megascan website and enter the code GDU and get your first three months 30% off. After I've got like my 30% off for three months, what if I still want to use what I already have? You are able to keep all that because you just have an account with all your libraries of stuff that is forever attached Uh, to your account. I have a hard time thinking that you wouldn't want this a part of your workflow for a long time because this is just making it so much easier for you and your project to succeed. But Larry, what if people want to directly support us? What would that be? I would say the best way is to just support us by contributing directly. You know, we put in a lot of time in making these episodes. Obviously, we have to pay off our guests. No, just kidding. <laughs> but, you know, we, we do accept humble and charitable donations through our Patreon account. If you go to www.patreon.com forward slash game dev unchained, you can see what we have to offer, the extra tier stuff that we promise to our users. We have new video content every week, basically going behind the scenes with Life Unchained, showing you what it's like to be Brandon or Larry. It's really interesting stuff every Wednesday. And then also, you know, we do game stream on chain where sometimes we kept back and we play some video games and we show you guys, you know, a little bit more of the camaraderie, but not doing game development or not doing the podcast. So it's another way to peek behind the curtain. And it's all yours as long as you become a Patreon supporter. It's decent content. We really hope you like the show, uh, some encouragement and see our podcast grow. So that's the main thing that you can do. But if you want to talk free, One of the free things you can do to continue your involvement in what we're doing here is go on over to Discord and hop in our Discord channel. Brandon Pham can totally walk you through that. What do you say? Yeah, you can go to our main website, www.gamedevonchain.com, and you find the Discord link, and you can go click on that, and it's completely free. And you can talk to our community about anything about game development, our episodes, anything personal, and you can just drop it in there. Larry, I'm so excited to talk about this. The monthly raffle is back. So for the month of May, the month of May, you can win a free God of War PS4. We will send it to you. Come on. We will send a winner a free copy of God of War PS4. And how how exactly do you enter in this? I see your eyes asking me. Just go ahead and share your favorite episode. Drop a like uh, and tag us. Let us know. And then you're automatically entered into our monthly raffle. And by the end of the month, we will tell you directly and through our social channels that you have won. And that's it. That's as easy as it comes. 
Good luck. That's a free copy. And if you already have it, that's a free gift you can give to one of your friends or take it to GameStop, whatever. It's yours once you get it. And I got one last freebie. I know we've been talking a lot and people don't really like when the ads get too long. I promise you, this is the good one. The whole reason why we made this commercial is to tell you about this. We have a free episode of Game Dev Unchained, the podcast, ready to play right now. Here you go. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back. I say back because I know you've been here before. I remember you. I never forget a face. This is Larry Charles, one half of the Game Dev Unchained podcast team. And I just want to thank you again for supporting our wonderful game development podcast where we talk about games and the lifestyle thereof. And I said we, so that should be a dead giveaway. I'm not here by myself. Mr. Glow in the Dark himself, Brandon Fam. I live in the dark. I am born in the dark. This is Brandon Fam. Welcome to this week's episode, <laughs> bringing along with me a special pal, a special friend that we just met, Derek Liu. Hey, hey, welcome. Hello, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, good to have Thanks you. coming on, yeah. Awesome, dude. This is the part of the podcast, Derek, that we ask a little bit about your background, what mm-hmm. you're doing now, your hopes and dreams in the future. Go in and shoot. Yeah. Uh, how far you want? How far back you want to go? You just take us through your professional to resume if you'd like. <laughs> I mean, so uh, my name is Derek Liu, and I make trailers for video games. Right now, pretty much exclusively indie game trailers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have experience um, working in some AAA games, and like out of college, I worked at a movie trailer house. That's how I got started, mm-hmm. and I've had a lot of editing jobs over the years that mostly short form stuff. Um, but yeah, I've been doing indie games and AAA games for like past four to five years or so. I've actually got some editing chops myself. I have an illustrious career as a YouTuber. So, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, dude. It's nowhere near, nowhere near what you do, man. I, I saw your stuff and we're really excited to have you on the podcast. Oh, thank you. I just want to ask the first question. Obviously, you, you said you started in a movie studio doing editing trailers there and then you transitioned into games. Maybe you can take us through a little bit of you know how that opportunity came about and when you applied those skills well well, there were several years between the movies and the games Uh, but so what happened was like i loved movie trailers all my life and in college i was a ta at a dvd authoring class and Mm. one of the special guests one day was a movie trailer editor from a nearby agency yeah and i was just so excited as soon as i I heard oh my god movie trailer editor and then like (laughs) everyone there's oh anyone have questions and none of the students had questions i'm like i got questions can i ask questions Mm. and i'm like where your sound effects come from i had all these questions and Mm. i did an internship at that company um after um for my like last semester of my senior year yeah and then i worked there as an assistant editor for about three years um and then after that i worked at a dvd production house that put out anime and japanese films and then i was unemployed for a little bit because i got laid off from that job and i worked briefly for this weekly nintendo news show called nintendo week okay Mm -hmm. which was a very short gig um, and then later on, I moved to San Diego with my now ex-wife, but we're still friends at school. Sure, um, sure. She had a great job opportunity, and I worked for the Behemoth a little bit on Battleblock oh. Theater. Nice. I, I uh, animated the cutscenes for that game, oh. and I did their trailers for um, Battleblock after that, and then had like a little bit of indie work here and there, and then eventually, when we broke up, I moved to L.A. That's when I started doing more indie stuff in earnest and worked at um, some agencies here in Hollywood. 
Oh, nice, man. That's a, that's a wonderful career because you kind of got your roots or got your feet wet with like the apprenticeship and kind of interning, working in movies, working in film, learning the ropes, and now just completely kicking the doors open and helping all these indie trailers get seen by hundreds and thousands, millions of people. It's got to be an awesome feeling, you know what I mean, to be trusted with such with these people's prized work and like, OK, go do your magic. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's. One of the most fun th- parts is when I send a cut to someone and they say, oh, my God, it's like <laughs> I have never seen my game look like this before or yeah. they get reinvested in their own game. Wow. Like, it's like seeing it through new eyes. That's very exciting mm. to hear all the time. That's it's awesome. very gratifying. So trailers obviously can be very well. It is very important. It's usually the first look on a project, movies or games. So we're very excited to talk to you because we want some insight like especially with your background in movies and games, what would you say the biggest difference, if there is any, when you're cutting up a trailer for uh, either industry? Uh, the big difference in games, there are different things that the audience is looking for because, I mean, in AAA you can have story trailers and gameplay trailers, but usually all the time the audience is looking for some hints at very least for how the game is played. And sometimes with games, you're dealing with new and unique mechanics. Something just hasn't been done before. So a lot of times the game trailers have to kind of be like a video tutorial almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the story stuff, if it's very like a dialogue-based sort of game, um, like Firewatch, it can be kind of more movie-like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then movies, the big difference is also that you know you, you work with what you get. Mm-hmm. You have the footage from the movie, and that's it. Very rare occasions, they do special shoots just for footage from for to use in the trailers. Mm-hmm. Like they just revealed recently that there's like the one shot in the Infinity War trailer that, like, yeah, we shot that for the trailer. We didn't. That's right. not in the film. <laughs> um, but like for games, it's there are more things to do because you have to create all the shots. You know, unless it's like a pre-animated cutscene or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as a capture artist, you're going in as basically the director, camera operator, and sort of the actor. Mm-hmm. So how, how does the collaboration work? Um, you, you say with from a movie standpoint, usually you get handed through scenes. And I didn't know too much about this. I always real, I always thought um, that movie trailers, you would cut up from a plethora of footages that are meant to be in the movie but get cut off. But Avengers was the first time where I felt like uh, I at least I've heard that they made footages, especially just for the trailer. Yeah, no, the they've been doing that for many, many years. But okay. I mean, depending on the film, uh, the trailer gets started as soon as the film gets um, starts shooting. Oh, wow. So like yeah. you're literally getting the same dailies that the production house is getting to make the film as the, the trailer house is getting. So you're getting well, not in. Back in my day, it was tapes, but now it would just be mm-hmm. hard drives of footage. Right. Oh, that's so awesome. So you can t- definitely pirate it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so for games, like how far along do, does it usually uh, where it is before you actually get time to start cutting up the trailer? It depends. Most of the time, it's fairly finished. Mm-hmm. But if it's something for like a, a show like E3, it can be you know, up to a year before the game ships. Mm -hmm. So for example, um, I did the E3 trailer for Firewatch and that was, I think a little over a year before, because it was, I think like June and it shipped in like 
the February the following year. Mm-hmm. So for that one, we had to basically what they did was they gave me the script, which was kind of um, sort of a breakdown of the scenes and the, the big points. And then I kind of took that and picked out the scenes that I thought would be good for the trailer. Mm-hmm. And we decided on which locations to shoot. And they just decided they took those scenes and then kind of uh, beefed up the art so then that it looked as close to shipping quality as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but like even like even within those scenes, sometimes if I were to look a little bit to the left or something like that, you'd see that the cloud just has like a a big like edge on the side because we knew mm-hmm. that we weren't going to be pointing the camera that direction, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. The, they didn't bother finish illustrating the skybox that far, you know. So let's use that one as a reference point. How long would you say that, you know, you usually spend doing a a trailer and then how many cuts maybe would you go through to give them from the first draft to finished product? It depends again. Um, For Firewatch, we had six weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, They contacted me six weeks before E3 saying, hey, we're going to be (laughs) we're going to be the only indie trailer on the Sony press conference. And we don't have the mental bandwidth to do this. Mm -hmm. And of course, I was flipping out. I was like, oh, my God, I'll do it for free. I don't care. (laughs) You know, they they did pay me, though. Um, (laughs) But uh, but I usually tell people, like, please give me at least two weeks. Mm -hmm. But that said. I've turned around a lot of projects in five to seven days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and s- usually it's a lot easier if the debug tools are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, like I did um, the trailer for Quadrilateral Cowboy, mm-hmm. um, Brendan Chung's game. I did that in five days mm-hmm. uh, because actually um, Jake from Campo Santo, he was going to be doing that trailer, but he procrastinated too much. So he contacted me and said, hey, I need help. I have a concept, but I need help with the gameplay. But that game was actually perfect, which I don't know if you've played it. Um, Layer have you no played of, it? no of. Okay, so basically, <laughs> no the, the way I describe it is that Quadrilateral Cowboy is a hacking game where you're basically sort of like Nedry in Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. where like he's at the door counting down with his watch, and then mm-hmm. the door opens because he programmed it to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so since the game is all about programming and repeating these sort of things and doing trials, that meant for capture purposes, I could say, okay, this gun should, we should like, I'll press the button. And then 10 seconds later, the gun will shoot. And then I could, so I could wait 10 seconds, cue up the, the camera, and then get the shot. If I mess it up, I just re-input the sequence. Mm-hmm. And I could do all that sort of thing. And they had a free cam built into the game anyway. Oh, nice. So that one um, is, that's why I managed to turn that around so fast. And then I also did trailers for Ooblets, which they had really, really good uh, debug camera options. So I managed mm-hmm. to do that pretty quickly. So let me ask this. What was the absolute shortest turnaround? You don't have to say the project, but like what was the like most unreasonable schedule that you were given for one of these? You know, I don't think that I've actually had incredibly unreasonable schedules. Sure, sure. Um, I would say that for uh, Jake doesn't mind uh, for Firewatch um, for the launch trailer we decided not to do a full launch trailer we did these sort of little vignettes where we just kind of showed a scene because none of the trailers before then had shown any um, of the game with the game UI so we're like okay well let's show a little bit of gameplay and so we had some vignettes and then about 9pm the day before Jake Mm -hmm. says oh I have an idea what if we just do a trailer that's just some just 
nice shots, like, you know, five scenes where you're just slowly moving the camera, just showing how pretty the game looks. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, you know, terribly difficult to do, but that was probably the, gotcha. the least exchange. amount of time for yeah. turning something around. But I haven't really had too many moments of just, like, stressing out the night before. I'm like, oh, my God, I got to get this through because I just don't let it come to that. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough <laughs> fair enough well in terms of time frame like you know it ranges depending on the client and the project um what, what, what is the ideal situation for you to cut up a trailer and be able to massage it and just be everyone's glad without sweating and stressing over it i mean i, I like i said it's at least two weeks because the thing is i work on multiple projects at the same time right so you know certain tasks they just kind of fill the time that you're given you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they say oh i got three weeks to do this so i don't have to work on it today you know yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so you know m- most of these projects if i was you know had someone really really breathing down my neck i could probably turn around technically faster than i do but for make sure that i don't overwhelm myself and i don't have like any buffer at all i tell people like two weeks or yeah so that's fine so how much yeah, how, how, when these projects come to you, usually, mm-hmm. I mean, how much of it is front loaded, or are they like coming to you with uh, an idea, but not really knowing how to massage it, and you kind of help them guide through it with fresh eyes, especially a new perspective? Is like, what is the essence of this game? Like, boil it down to two minutes, which is pretty much what a trailer is. Like, what can I tell the audience about this thing? Typically, people actually don't have any idea. That's why they come to me. Right? Uh, they're just like, take our game and make it look good. We don't know what's good about it anymore. We've been working on it for so long. Yeah. Like uh, for Firewatch, I, that opening shot for the E3 trailer where Henry's just messing with Delilah, pretending that he's in danger in the cave. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean Vanneman, the writer, he's just like, that was a brilliant scene to put first. I never would have thought of that. I'm like, really? It was pretty obvious to me. But, you know, because they've just been in it so long, they don't know if it's good, you know, especially if they're very self-conscious about their creative work. Mm-hmm. But, like, sometimes they'll have, sometimes, I mean, they'll even have maybe a storyboard. So I did some work on Absolver. Mm-hmm. Um, I basically work on that just as an editor because mm-hmm. they did all the capture and mm-hmm. they had storyboards. So they just needed me to fix up the pacing and all that. But... I'm trying to think of anything that I've worked on, which they came to me with, like, make it like this. I mean, usually I'll just ask them what it is. I just ask them to pitch the game to me, basically, and say, like, what are the things that are special to you about this game? Uh, What's unique? And then I'll play the game, obviously, and then maybe I'll find something that they didn't even mention. I'm like, oh, you should have talked about this thing. This is a really cool thing about your game, too. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess it is. Because mm-hmm. just, um, it's easy to just lose perspective, which is why you hire an editor with pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Like right. in film also. Have you ever had to have, like, assistance in, you know, having somebody act out or play the character while you're rotating or controlling the camera? Do you ever use two people, or are you completely a one-man show? So far, I've only had to do that a very little bit. Okay. Um, But it hasn't been for 3D games because um, I don't think... Actually, so so for Ooblets, one of the trailers, um, they by by the time I was making that one, they had a separate camera that was uh, controlled by the keyboard. Mm -hmm. And then 
the characters controlled by the, the controller. So there's like an opening shot. There's like a wide shot of kind of flying in as the characters farming. So for that one, I was actually just I was pressing forward on my keyboard, with my index finger while holding my controller <laughs> and then doing that. But like so something else, um, there's been some two player games like um, I did. I recently did um, the Adventure Pals. Uh, it's like a side-scrolling platformer game. And there's like a little bit of two-player co-op in there. So I asked a friend of mine to help me out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then BattleBlock Theater, I did the, um, the gameplay for the menu, the footage that plays during the menu when you start the game. Oh, and nice. my friend Mark helped me with that. Mm-hmm. But usually it's just me. Um, and, and if it's like a multiplayer game, like a four-person uh, multiplayer game, uh, like I worked on uh, Tricky Towers. It's like mm. a kind of physics-based Tetris game. Mm. I just usually uh, ask the developers to do it because they're going to have more people. Okay. You- uh, especially nowadays in, you know, how it... Well, India has established itself as a, an option for a lot of game developers. It has a lot of viable outsources, uh, resources for, for anyone to publish their own game now. So... The need of a trailer being like the first marketing push for a lot of these developers uh, is huge. Like, I, I feel like you're really tapping into a very needed sector of the game industry. Like, mm-hmm. because a lot of these indie developers, they might have just Premiere Premier Pro or Final Cut, and they just mm-hmm. think they can cut a trailer, right? Which is not the case. It's a profession <laughs> that is well. Uh, just having a fresh perspective yeah. is huge, I think, because yeah. uh, I, I feel like a lot of these developers that come to you have maybe 20 hours of gameplay in their head and not knowing what to cut uh, right. or what, not knowing what to show. So having you come on board to be like, all right, let's get to the essence, which is incredible. With that being said, there is still a transitional period right now of these uh, small developers making their own trailers. I don't want you to call them out by name or by <laughs> game or whatever, but what are the common mistakes that you're seeing um, the, just them being announced and everything? You know, the the I'm just going to point out some really just basic, very easy to fix things that I see in lots of trailers. Like I did a I did a talk at GDC this year about just game capture because mm-hmm. there there already been some talks about making trailers, so I'm like, okay, I'll just hone really deep into just one part of it. And just the first thing is just so many game trailers, just they show the HUD. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't need to see the HUD. Like if it's if it's a if it's like an action game where you have a power meter, we know, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. it's not going to be you're not going to confuse the audience. But basically in my talk, I likened it to if you're driving your car and then suddenly there's a leaf on your windshield. Yeah. Like it's very, it's very irritating, and and it's just it's just in your face. You're like, ah, I can't not look at this thing because it's the only thing not moving on the screen. Yeah, right. You know, just just <laughs> do that. Yeah. Um, and then the other problems are probably just maybe um, the game footage is too confusing. That's a big problem because uh, you can't just you typically can't just play the game a whole bunch and then pick some clips from there because if it's a game with lots of like the damage numbers or just lots of stuff going on screen at any given time 
then the audience is just going to get confused like it's like a Michael Bay film, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's a thing that in games, it's just really easy to control, especially if you're the developer. You can, I don't know, turn off certain options or something like that, or just, you know, maybe kill all the enemies on the surrounding areas before you film yourself killing the one in the middle, you know? Um, that's just like a very basic sort of thing that's very easy to fix. So when you're going to, so my next question is about mostly about um, these trailers and how these developers are announcing their game. Like you worked on a lot of movie trailers, you worked on a lot of game trailers, a lot of successful movies and games. And uh, have you seen a pattern on how early they announced these things, where you felt like a hey, the follow through, aside, you know. From powers that is not related to you, you just put out a trailer and marketing pushes up to them. But have you seen like a good trailer and the amount of time before the game actually is released that has helped the game succeed? That is, I, I thought you were going to go in a different direction. Because <laughs> well, go both directions. The, well, the, the, the thing I was thinking about is I I always worry when a game puts out a trailer really early before mm-hmm. it's going to ship. Yeah. Um, because I just I see the comments on forums and YouTube when people start to lose interest in something. Like you've mm-hmm. right. you've probably seen lots of times in forums when a game finally comes out and then people post, "Oh, I'm not interested in the game anymore." It's mm-hmm. like, well, what changed about the game? It's still the game that you were excited about like right. a year ago or yeah. a few months ago. But people do when they they see a trailer that maybe isn't different enough from a previous trailer. They're like, well, what else? What else is new? I, I'm not right. getting excited anymore. Yeah. So I I really. Um, I try to, when I'm going to be working on a game for a long time, I really try to be cognizant of what I'm showing in each trailer so then that I know I have something more to show for the subsequent trailers so then we can sustain ourselves. Um, but I don't know, some games, in terms of ones that just like really just hyped everyone up, I mean, just if you have a game with a really good mechanic or just art style i think that will sustain people like i don't know how long did super hot how long did they oh, yeah. announce their game before or the short trailer because like they didn't even their trailers weren't even that um uh long or they're, they're pretty simple there's like here's the mechanic you know you you shoot and time only moves when you move like that's a really good hook yeah or like I know Hyperlight Drifter. That was Kickstarter games. It looked really amazing the first time they revealed it, and you know that didn't really seem to have any sort of like, hype die down, at least that I could tell. Yeah. Um. um but like, yeah, I also worked with, um, yeah, I said with the Behemoth and Battle Block Theater, for example. That took them a lot longer than they thought it was going to take. So I think, mm-hmm. I think one of the first trailers said something like two thousand. Uh, when did it ship actually it probably said like 2008 or something like that and yeah. I think it shipped in 2010 maybe it was like yeah. five years so there are a lot of trailers for that game but I know the Behemoth is different because they have such a loyal community of fans yeah. that mm-hmm. even though you might not see a lot of stuff going on on Twitter they still sell lots and lots of copies of their game yeah and they have that fat cushion from all the Castle Crasher stuff that they had yeah yeah <laughs> yeah they're yes. doing fine I'm still spending money on Castle Crasher 
so the like the different trailers let's say we were to put and peg down a number of estimate let's say a year out right mm-hmm. of course you have the announcement trailers you usually have some teaser trailers and then you have like a longer trailer or trailer. like some gameplay trailer and then finally the game like if you were to put it in chronological order in terms of you know the, the time uh the trailers take as i feel like the movie industry mm. has this pegged down and I don't think a lot of people consciously think about these type of things before an announce uh, before the game is released. So I wonder if you have any. Or you mean take like on this. like the timing of when a teaser releases and when another trailer releases? Yeah. So I kind of glossed over the type of trailers that I could think of. Okay. Is there any other type of trailers that you feel? I mean, it also it also depends before? on if you're talking AAA or indie. Hmm. Oh, let's go over both. Like okay. let's talk AAA. Because I mean, indie afterwards. Because it also like a lot of it's just to, uh, they center around the trade shows or E three. So it's like, oh well, you know, it's how long has it been since last one? So now it's you know, Gamescom's coming up. We're going to put one for that. I see. But I don't know the AAA stuff. They 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 work in a totally different way because they can put out a lot of trailers and still not show anything that is the same as before. Mm-hmm. It's like when you have so many things in your game, like let's like. Grand Theft Auto, for example, they have all these things. This one's just about the the, the camera mode. This one's just mm-hmm. about the cars. This one's just about the wilderness. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many things. And, you know, a lot of these games, um, they're kind of, their trailers are kind of like review proof in a way. It's like right. people don't, they're usually, they're going to get it anyway. They're just right. really excited to see more. Yeah, You know, it's like, Star Wars technically doesn't need very good trailers. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe now with maybe the side story stuff, people are less interested than like the first one that came out in however many years. But, you know, if it's like a Harry Potter movie or something like that, people yeah. are going to see it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Um, but if it's so like what a about new thing, an, then it's harder. So the new thing, what would. Uh, what would they have to do to to introduce? They can't go through. Well, they, maybe they could go through like a, a range of gameplay videos. But would it be more in line with the with the indie developer's title? I mean, if they're going to do something new, I mean, if it's if it's if it's AAA, then usually, um, I think I feel like usually they start out pretty minimalist. Mm-hmm. You know, first like first a tease, like ooh, what's and then maybe like the the payoff in that trailer is the developer because like oh my god, I haven't seen a new game from this developer in a while, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. becomes like like. You know, just you just need to see like a Naughty Dog logo, and people are like, oh, go, oh my god! Ah! Right, 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 you know, right. they could just put the logo and maybe like one screenshot, and go, okay, good, problems. I'm in. <laughs> That's you know, true. it's a good position for them to be in. Right. Um, but you know, it's like a tease. Then, like, or you could say, like, look at um, Red Dead Redemption Two. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, the first one was very minimalist, just show environments. And then I think there was another one which showed like a little bit of story. Mm-hmm. And then the next one that just came out showed it was kind of like bits of story here and there. Yeah. You still don't really have an idea what the story is. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it doesn't kind of really matter that much because yeah. people right. can't get it anyway. How long has it been since the first one, right? Sure. Right. And so then the Eight next years. one, the next one will probably be, you know, gameplay. Like, I mean, right. the other one is it's all technically in engine, but, mm-hmm. you know, you're not seeing. HUD and reticles and slow motion gun shooting and all that sort of thing. But right. it comes out in October, so they'll probably release like, you know, 
two or three between now and then. Who knows? Yeah. Or maybe they'll put they'll put out one before it ships, and then they'll put out more afterwards, uh, mm. just kind of fleshing out the Keep gameplay the systems. You know. So let me ask this though: Was there a main reason why you decided to just kind of focus your career on doing trailers for indie? Because I would imagine you know you could do just as great work uh, on bigger games as well. So. Was it a niche you identified and wanted to stick to? Is it something you just believe in? Or I guess where do you land on that? It's it's a little bit of practical and a little bit just because I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, because so I worked for an agency in, in Hollywood, um, kind of freelance initially, just for like a little bit here and there. Yeah. And then I got hired for full time for about a year. And I got laid off because they had to do some downsizing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, I just kind of put out the the broadcast said hey just looking for trailer work mm-hmm. and um another trailer editor i know kurt gartner he does a lot of indie game trailers also he started handing me work that he couldn't take on mm-hmm. which helped me mm-hmm. out a ton um and at this point i'm getting enough work that i don't have to say yes to anything that i don't want to work on okay. mm-hmm. which is fantastic obviously so now i'm just getting just I just get to work on all the stuff that I really like to work on, and I believe in it, and I like the developers I'm working with, and it's a lot of fun. Awesome. Um, So it's really cool. It's like, it's really, compared to, say, movie trailers, where it's such a huge industry, just making movie trailers, where you could be working on a trailer for months, and then no one ever sees it because another agency won that um, trailer finish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you could be working on another one. Maybe that one doesn't finish. It could be however long. And then maybe you're not even working on a movie that you like that much. Because, Mm -hmm. like, you know, lots of movies come out in Hollywood. They're not all that great. Even the ones Mm -hmm. that are better are still... It's it's less personal working on a movie, I'd say, than, like, you're working directly with the, the developer of an indie game. You know, this is, like, their livelihood. It's maybe, like, few people... And they're just really close to it and really passionate about it. And that's like fun energy to be around. Yeah. Right. Well, this kind of leads into going back to uh, the difference with the indie game trailers. So if you were to look at that, what's the, the biggest difference that you see from AAA? Um, I th- when I worked in AAA, I, so the um, agency I worked at, the, the job duties were more divided. So there was someone working on the script for the trailer and one person was doing cap or maybe multiple two people were doing capture. And then there's a producer who's kind of overseeing everything and then t- interacting with the client. And then they just hand all the stuff to me and I edit it and maybe give some uh, thoughts to the capture artist. Say, oh, keep me a shot that's like this. Um, and then also with AAA, I really never, ever thought to myself that it would be okay for me to say, hey, can you just ask the developer for some additional debug tools you know mm-hmm. you could just like add like a thing here where i could do this and make it a lot easier um but like at indie i can just say that and i mean if they can't do it they can't do it but usually they'll be like oh yeah it's like two lines of code i'll do that like yes get the <laughs> shot now yeah. you know um and it's just it's very it's usually very flexible and also like, sometimes i get to work with like the composer from the game mm-hmm. it just there's just fewer people to have to go through, and then there's fewer people um, who have a take have to take a look at the trailer before saying yes or no. Right. So it's it's much it's probably it's faster and it's just more flexible, mm-hmm. I'd say. 
Do you find that there's maybe a top five features that, like you said, oh, asking them to add this to the game or that to the game? Are there like a top five things that indie games could develop into their software ahead of time that would make their game kind of trailer friendly? Well, it depends um, on this, the type of game that they have. Sure. But I'm, I'm going. Th- I'm scrolling through my talk right now to see other things. <laughs> uh, but like, um, camera controls are a big are a big one. So if you have, especially for 3D games, so usually with like a first-person shooter or a third-person game, you want your everything to be very responsive. You know, you want to move the stick, and then everything happens right away. So then that you can turn around and shoot someone or something like that. But you don't want that for capturing because you want all your camera movements to be very smooth. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I want to be able to to move this thumbstick and then have the camera move gradually start and then gradually end at the very end. Mm-hmm. And there are, there are different ways to do that, like making the dead zones bigger or changing like the sensitivity according to the thumbstick um, position or uh, camera smoothing, which is like averaging out the inputs over a certain amount of time. So that one, I just actually got that on those, those tools on a game I'm working on for E3. Um, and I was like, oh, yes, because this is the first time that since my GDC talk that I could just say, hey, this is what you should implement. And they put it in and it's great. I'm like, mm-hmm. this camera moves going to be super smooth now. Um, there's some other ones that are good, like being able to freeze time. Mm-hmm. That's really useful. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like third-person games. Uh, the first time I saw that was at the, the agency. They were working on uh, the Arkham Batman Arkham games. So when Batman's fighting, you could just pause and then move the camera to a different angle and then continue. So then you could basically make like a match cut, kind of like in a like a Jackie Chan fight scene or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's a really good one to have because certain things are time sensitive. So just be able to like stop the clock and then position the camera to where you want it to um that's really good um and there's just a lot of things that are just kind of they're probably already in there like skipping around levels or teleporting um being able to like spawn enemies anywhere you want because sometimes you just find a section of a like a level where it looks really pretty but you kill the guy and you have to reload the level. But if you just can spawn them again, then that's really handy. Um, those are some of them. There's, I could go on all day, really, but oh, those, those are, are some really good ones good. that yeah, don't you. usually show up. Um, but yeah, camera camera options are really the top one, I'd say. And then like sensitivity controls. And especially if it's sensitivity controls, which are sliders, not like don't make me like open the console and enter point zero 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 one two because like that number means a totally different thing from one game to the other one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like I'm like in my head I'm like logically this should make it faster, right? Like no, nope, nope, makes it slower. I don't know anything about making games. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so I, I'm yeah. curious on when you are working on these uh, trailers. Do they usually do you work backwards from like the lists and scenes that or outline that you guys have or do you actually play the game yourself before you like try to piece together a two minute three minute story trailer so it, what, it de- what's usually the process it depends so if it's a if it's a narrative game that's you know dialogue based like say firewatch or i worked on thimbleweed park which point and click adventure game 
uh, I'll usually, well, first I'll play the game enough to understand how the story is told in the game. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I worked on Subnautica and I made the mistake of not playing the game soon enough mm-hmm. in the process. I'm like, this is, because I was thinking in my head, I'm like, this is a big game. I should go to the script first. But then later on, when I was playing the game, I realized that all these voiceover files were from audio logs. So there wasn't anything mm-hmm. happening on screen that I could be showing during uh-huh. them. I'm like, oh, crap, I really messed that up. <laughs> um, so, but if it's, if it's something that's spoken on screen in some sort of way, then I can just usually go to the script. And from that, I'll just take their script that could be you know, thousands of lines long and just use my sort of like system of looking for the exposition or the bits that talk about the characters or the plot. And then I'll just take that, you know, make it make a hundred pages into 16 pages and then just gradually, gradually kind of whittle that down until the main story points that I want to focus on, um, kind of get honed in on. Mm -hmm. Um, and like in a similar sort of way for gameplay trailers, I do that too. So, um, for the adventure pals, the game, it, it took me about like five hours to beat and, you know, it's a side scrolling platformer, but the, all the levels are handcrafted. So mm-hmm. there are lots of unique, um, assets in there. So, uh, I, when I met the developers, I was talking to them and said, Oh, so what I did was I played the game then I had five hours of footage and then I made that into about one hours of, of footage that I liked you know, better. And then like, this is still too much. Then I kind of whittled that down to 16 minutes of footage. And then from that, I made the trailer and then maybe did some recapture here and there. And then they were just, as I was telling this and they're like, Oh my God, I just, you, you did that. I'm like, yeah. yeah, that's what I did. That's, that's what I do. Yeah. If you, cause like I just, in my mind, if I know that there's some sort of unique bit of content that I could be potentially missing, then that'll bug me. I'm like, I want to get the best bits, you know? Well, talking about the best bits. <clears throat> so you've been pulled onto production usually after a game is almost finished, mm-hmm. right? To get released to the public to finally sell it to the audience. Have you ever been, or if you have any thoughts about trailers pre-production, where mm-hmm. you're kind of trying to tie all the, the visions together to get it financed, basically. And a trailer would do a pitch video, basically. Right. Would do that. Like, how? what are, what are your feelings and tips about that? Um, I have only done that really maybe once or twice. Um, I had to do one for GDC this year, and it was just working off of um, some voice files and concept art. And that's that can be fun too, uh, in a different way because uh, it's it's just it's whenever you have some sort of constraints, it's mm-hmm. kind of fun to work within that because you know like oh I only have this art and I only have these sounds how can I make something more of this? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's I mean that's I have never you know pitched a game to a publisher or something like that, but that's definitely really Im- a important sort of thing because people just. It depends on the, pe- the people, of course, but it's hard for people to visualize things um, if you're just talking about it. It's much easier to just show a nice video. Right. Um, so, but I don't, I don't do that often. Well, first, because people don't approach uh, me for that sort of thing very often. But also because I, I really try as much as I can to work on games that I either like or believe in their message or their story or whatever because i i i don't want to work on a game and then 
have it be announced on like Twitter or something like that and feel to myself like I don't want to retweet this because you know? <laughs> then it doesn't feel good um, so I try I try like really hard to make sure that I believe in the games that I'm working on so then that I can have no hesitation to say this is a great game you should play this for XYZ um, because it just working on it would just not feel good well one of the things I've always wanted to know is how many t- how many games do you play? Like, are you a big fan of just playing games in general? Uh, because you know it's work, it's leisure. It is, do you blur those lines? Yeah, I I do like playing games, but I don't play them as much as I used to. So that's another reason that I want to work on games that I like. So then that the games that I actually am playing are the ones that I'm like pay- playing for work and pleasure. So like I played. Um, I did a trailer for Way of the Passive Fist, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you've heard of. It's like a final fight sort of game uh, where pretty much you only parry. And then it's like it's like that episode of Simpsons when Homer just he's a boxer and they just keep punching him until they're tired and yeah. he just taps them over. Yeah. So it's that the game. OK. <laughs> um, but that game, like as soon as I I played it, I'm like, oh, my God, I love this game so much. I played it at PSX, actually, um, PlayStation Experience. So when I finally got the build, I just I just tore through that game because I was having so much fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but like like in day to day for games that I'm not working on, it's it's kind of rare nowadays. But like right now I'm playing I'm most of the way through God of War. OK. Usually it ends up being like the latest um, like Naughty Dog game or whatever PlayStation exclusive because it, usually I like them a lot. Yeah. Um, and I just the other day I started playing Beat Saber, that VR lightsaber game, mm-hmm. which that's a lot of fun. It's it's so much fun. Um, but usually I, I struggle to remember what I'm actually playing. Um, it, games on the Switch. That's mm-hmm. um, I'm playing some games on the Switch because. Uh, it's just easier to like have in my bedroom yeah. instead of having to be in my living room. And then if say like my cats are being annoying and they want me to be in the bedroom, I could just take the switch to the bedroom and play. Like I'm, I'm still trying to finish Night in the Woods. I don't know how how far in I am, but um, I'm I'm much more appreciative now of games that are easy to just pick up where you left mm-hmm. off and mm-hmm. not have to remember all the controls. Like I, I still haven't finished Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh yeah, there's so many buttons in there. I'm like, ah, oh, I have to finish that game, but oh god, I'm gonna suck at it. So yeah. like, also I'm just turning a lot of games down to easy mode in some cases. Yeah. I'm like, I don't really care about the combat just that the much. Any experience? So like God of War, I'm kind of going back and forth. Like I'm not really good at the game, but I still sometimes the story mode's a little too easy. Mm-hmm. Well. Um, yeah, I, I asked you that question because it's kind of loaded because I have a game that you can play right now. It's pretty easy to pick up. The controls are simple. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's called the fast five. It's where I'm going to ask you five rapid fire questions. And all oh, I boy. need from you is just five rapid fire answers. So are you ready to play? Oh, boy. OK, let's go. All right. Question number one. What was the last game you beat? Oh, shit. <laughs> Probably way the pacifist. OK. Question number two. How many 16-hour-plus days do you think you've worked in your life? Uh, you know, actually, not that many. Is But whatever they happen, probably in movie trailers. Okay. Question number three. If you could be any game character for one hour, which character would you be? Oh, my God. No idea. I don't know. Maybe, like, a character with a lot of superpowers, like in Saints Row. Okay. Okay. Question number four. 
Name a book you've read cover to cover. Mm, I just thought of Rebel Without a Crew by Robert Rodriguez. Okay, I mean, that was yeah, years yeah. and years ago, but for some reason I just thought of that. All right. And our fifth and final question for you comes from our last week's guest who wants to know Mr. Mario Valley. He says, what game genre do you think your favorite author would have developed a game in? Favorite author? Yeah. So first give us the author and maybe a little about them and then what genre you think one of their ideas would have just crushed it. <sighs> God, it's terrible. I don't. I don't read as much as I should. Oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, He's a trailer. I don't know. I was. I was. Just, I was <laughs> no, everyone should read. I just. I just don't. Oh man. Favorite author. See, now I'm just thinking of Jackie Chan's autobiography because okay. I really want a good Jackie Chan game. Okay, there you go. That's fair. I know it's surprising. Yeah, <laughs> that's surprising. They don't have one. That counts completely. There's, I played Jackie Chan's Stuntmaster on PS One. Oh, that's an old one. <laughs> It was not a good game. It was it had, it had its moments. The jumping is terrible. All right, Derek, you That's actually have a, a pretty impressive time, man. So uh, your reward, actually, I'm going to give it to you right now. It's you have won a very special prize. You get to ask our potential guest for next week a question about game development or any game related question of your own. And I'm going to write it down for you. So if you've got something to fire at the next guest, please let me know. Oh, hmm kind of questions all i can think of right now are cats okay let's try a cat related <laughs> game question do you think you can do that you said you're playing night in the woods yeah but i like i like cats that oh actually <laughs> the how how okay i've had this idea for a cat game actually okay um you know you know creepy watson okay yes kind of kind of yeah. i okay yeah I'll, uh, so if, if anyone listening doesn't know, Creepy Watson, just look it up on YouTube. But basically, it's the Sherlock Holmes game yeah. where Watson's a companion character and he's programmed oh, to just yeah, always yeah. be I near see, you. So when you stop looking at Watson, he kind of like disappears. But then you just turn to the right and suddenly Watson's there. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, like, oh, my God, this is totally what cats are like in real life. Mm-hmm. They just appear <laughs> in places. Mm-hmm. So uh, how would you design a Creepy Watson cat game? Uh, my my question leading back would be about what was the most challenging trailer? It doesn't have to be uh, specific to what project, but this can be relatable to a lot of developers out there that mm. look at their game or they just have a difficult time boiling it down. What was the most difficult one that you had, and what? How did you go about overcoming it? All right. Well, it'll. I think it was debatable whether I did. <laughs> but so I, in my GDC talk, I had this one section that I called capture difficulty factors, mm-hmm. which basically there I came up with four things that make it really hard to make a game trailer for. And one is if your game doesn't have a lot of visual feedback, like mm-hmm. you, if something is happening on screen, the audience doesn't know what's going on or why. You know, Mario has high visual feedback. Jumping on something, it dies. Mm-hmm. Easy. Mm-hmm. But League of Legends, you hit something, power bar goes down a little bit, or some right. thing goes on. That's the thing that makes it hard. Camera distance, if your camera's really, really far away and objects are really small on screen, really hard to do, uh, especially if there's lots and lots of objects. But if something like um, Cappy's game below, there's like one character or two characters, that's fine because... There's fewer things to focus on. But again, League of Legends, Dota, lots of stuff going on screen, StarCraft. It's really hard to work on. And same token, number of objects on screen, uh, more stuff on there, the more chaos. It's really hard to do. And if the game is 
either set in a world or just has some sort of mechanics that the audience, even if they play games, they just need lots of prior knowledge to understand what's going on. Um, that makes it really, really hard to make capture for your game. And so the point of my GDC talk for this section was like, that's why uh, Dota 2, League of Legends, StarCraft, World of Warcraft, Hearthstone, all these games, they, or Clash Royale, all of them have expensive CG trailers because they know that their game doesn't communicate well in trailers. And so I did, I had to work on a game once that was, it was kind of, I don't know if it was a MOBA per se, but it was basically that sort of isometric perspective. And there's some little bit of effects and stuff, but it's like very skill-based. And I literally would say to the developer, like, can you show me footage of your game being played well? Because I didn't know what it looked like because I didn't have the, the prior knowledge to understand what it looked like. And I didn't have the time to just like develop the skills to play this game. So... Uh, yeah, just just really look at your game in video footage and show it to someone who either, even if they play games, show it to someone who play games, someone who doesn't play games, and then just, just ask them, like, do you know what's going on right now on screen? And <laughs> sometimes there's nothing to be done about it. Sometimes maybe you can add something to indicate mm. what's going on screen. Uh, but it's, it's a good thing to do, I think, early on, just so then that you know if you're in the right direction or you need to beef up something to make your game better. All right. What, what, are, what are the common resistance that you get from developers? I mean, you have a, a ton of experience. You cut trailers, you've seen trailers, and these developers come up to you. What kind of things do they <laughs> kind of call BS on, on you while you're like telling them, no, this is how you sell your game. This is how you do it. Hmm. You have to kind of walk them through it. <laughs> You know, I, I, it might. It sounds like I'm lying, but I really don't have that much resistance. Uh, People are usually nice. pretty accommodating. That's good. Um, Here's all the footage. We've already cut the good scenes for you. Just put it in order. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, I, it's like I don't. I barely even. Here's the other thing that's different from game trailers to sure. movie trailers is that I very rarely get editorial feedback mm-hmm. in terms of like the pacing here doesn't feel good or uh this thing's cut too fast some i mean sometimes maybe that but like the, there's this i can i've already sweared on this i can swear on yeah, this right yeah, fuck yeah you can. there's a term in the industry for hollywood wherever anything with video editing they call it frame fucking mm. <laughs> which is basically just someone looking over your shoulder and saying oh move it yeah. two frames here move it one yeah, frame yeah, here yeah. Cut, it's like you're frame fucking this is not going to sell one million more copies mm. right, of right, this right. of movie tickets for this thing if you change this thing i've had that maybe once in right. all these years because i'm dealing with people who aren't working in the medium of editing Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. usually they don't have opinions about how something should be edited unless maybe they have some film experience but even i've worked with some developers who do have film experience and they don't do that to me which knock on wood (laughs) (laughs) um but resistance not well it doesn't have to be like overt resistant it's more like ah, maybe i don't know like very passive aggressive it's like ah, you really think so that type of thing like are there like common things that you would show them and be like really this is how we should portray the game we should cut it to the music we should cut it to this like what what are the most common things where that are always hesitant or or whatever about things i mean I can't, I'm, I'm really struggling to think of anything to be honest well, that's actually good. Um, so, 
It's that's always, maybe that's a great thing then the, because the, I would the feed, think the feedback is always about the game capture in terms of usually they just see bugs. Mm-hmm. Like oh oh my god this thing's glitching let me fix this don't show that and I'm like really I didn't see it <laughs> but they're right. like oh god no this thing is just terrible you know they they've been looking at it for so long that they can't let this thing go out and have this one thing showing there that pretty much no one else can see right. unless maybe they're that's a game kind developer of, yeah and that's kind of why I think because game developers if anything especially the first indie game are so possessive over mm-hmm. everything that's being showed yeah that I feel like maybe they're very fragile with what you cut or don't show or I mean, will show in a way it's good because one of my bigger points of my gdc talk was that more people are going to see the, the footage of your game than actually play it mm-hmm. so in a way for That's a true. lot of people this is the final product so why wouldn't you want it to look perfect Ooh. right so i have a question for but, you yeah. just because i know that you do a lot with the video editing but i don't necessarily know where you are on music do you actually mm-hmm. work with a producer do you secure music do you license i guess what's usually the process there for adding in like a nice like kind of building audio track to go along with the footage yeah most of the time it's just whatever game is from um, rather what music is from the game oh, yeah Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's earlier on, a lot of times I work with the composer from the game. Okay. So what I'll do is, well, sometimes they'll just have some ideals already. Mm-hmm. And what I'll do is I'll give them like a really, really early cut, which has maybe not even any game footage in it at all. I'll just have some title cards saying, oh, this is what's going to happen here. This is what's going to happen here. And then I'll maybe like color code the timeline. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, okay, during the pink section, the music should do this during the blues section it should do this mm. and then just have it be pretty rough and then maybe we'll go back and forth and i'll say oh this part needs to have more contrast between the the middle and the end mm. and then mm. we'll just work that way so i've worked with a lot of composers that way but i've never had to like buy some stock music from like <laughs> premium beater audio jungle and i don't i think the developers would rather have it be that way that I don't mm-hmm. because it's just you don't want to have this thing that is totally not connected to your game at all. Yeah. Right. And and usually if they have a composer then of course they can make something better. Well, fair enough. Right. Are there any games coming out that you're looking forward to uh potentially maybe working with? You know, I'm not saying like write your own ticket, but you know, it's like hey, I've been following this company and I hope they reach out to me or I could really do some damage on this type of game that I'm excited about. Oh shoot, what what was it recently? Well, um. Well, my my dream has been oh, there you go. Uh, because I, I I so when I was unemployed, that's when I started making fan trailers for games. Because mm-hmm. what I did was um, I played Metal Gear Solid Four in two sittings, um, and my my girlfriend was watching me the entire time. We loved it, mm-hmm. but I don't know if you know this, but Hideo Kojima cuts his own trailers. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's why they're like ten minutes long or whatever. <laughs> so. After I played Metal Gear Solid 4, I'm like, I love this game, but all the trailers are so long. They're not, there's no like snappy trailers for them. So I wish that there was one, so I just, I just made my own. And then I, that's when I kind of got the bug. So then I got a capture card after that. I made trailers for like Uncharted 2, and then pretty much all the Naughty Dog games after that, um, just as a fan. So like my, my dream was like, if these AAA companies like around ship like Naughty Dog just said hey call in Derek Mm -hmm. for a month and then do that Mm -hmm. Uh, of Mm -hmm. course that'd be amazing but who knows Mm -hmm. there's because I I know Naughty Dog uh, at least they have their own video editor so I'm not crossing my 
fingers on that one. Hey, man, I know where that <laughs> but, video editor goes to eat. And, you know, maybe <laughs> one day they just don't show up to work, you know. <laughs> <laughs> then they have to call you. <laughs> There's an arrangement. Yeah, yeah, no, but there are, there are certain games like that 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 would be cool. But um, I'm also still just, well, on a more practical level, that would mean that I can have my free time for other things if I'm doing, because like there are a lot of projects I've worked on, I've thought of to myself, oh, I would make a fan trailer for this game. Mm-hmm. And then I got to actually work on it. Like I thought about that for Firewatch because uh, I was really excited for it. I'm like, oh my God, this this team, I'm going to play whatever they come out with and I'm going to make a trailer for it when it comes out. And then I end up getting to make the trailers for it, which is like, you know, still pinching myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I got to work on Tacoma, which is another game that I was really looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I haven't, so I guess I haven't worked on any uh AAA games that I made fan trailers for or like for those studios. Mm-hmm. Um like um was it who made uh Enslaved and um Hellblade? I always mix up the uh, Ninja Studios. Ninja Theory? theory. It is Ninja yeah. Theory. Ninja yeah. Theory. Well I know cause they have their own in-house editor because she was the actress in the game. Oh, lucky her. So her I, I did a I did a fan trailer for Enslaved because I really liked that game and I didn't, I didn't like their trailers. Because mm-hmm. I think they were they were probably done by an agency, and they made it look like an action game when really it's like a character focused game. Mm-hmm. Right. right, right. Um, yeah. Well, but, with that being yeah. said, hmm. would love to kind of dig through like what are your top three trailers that you've seen recently that you felt like you nailed it, or they nailed it with the game and portraying the game and the three terrible trailers that you felt <laughs> that could be better. We're calling them all out right now. Uh, I don't, I should have, I should have thought the ones that I like in advance. Cause there's so many different trailers. I'll, t- I'll not a recent one, but one of my favorite gameplay trailers ever is the multiplayer trailer for Assassin's Creed brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually got to talk to the, one of the editors on that recently because he reached out to me after GDC and got to, talk some really nerdy stuff about him uh the trailer with him so look at look for that trailer just look up youtube assassin's creed brotherhood youtube or uh, multiplayer rather that's a really really good one um what was it about it that that made it different it was just anything? it was basically like a short film it has first of all had really good music which uh pro tip just have good music and you're mm-hmm. you're like 90 percent there mm-hmm. just have good music and good art and you know, the editing barely has to mean anything at all. Uh, but, of course, you have good editing, then it's even better. Right. Um, but, yeah, they, they had a really good music cue on that one. And it was just, it really illustrated this, the game mode. And it was fun to watch. And it was just, like, really slick composition and, and shot choices. That, that one really sticks out. Um, it's pretty much the one I mention all the time whenever people say my favorite trailers. Mm-hmm. Um and actually, all right, so uh, in terms of bad trailers, I don't know. Because, I mean, there, there are a lot of bad trailers, but they're not bad in, like, a they were trying really hard and they still didn't succeed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Usually it's more like this person's not an editor. So, right. you know, why, why pick on that? Mm. Um, oh, there was, I feel like there was... Oh, there's one. It's not a trailer in the video format, but have you heard of the game Ape Out? Mm-hmm. A- a- Ape Out. So they released a demo for their game that is like they called it their playable trailer. So it's a game. 
it's like a top-down sort of Hotline Miami perspective game where you're an ape that's escaped from like a experimental facility and you're super strong and you're killing soldiers and it's all the music is jazz like drums (laughs) and so you play it and it's only going to be two minutes or maybe actually maybe only a minute and a half because what they do is they they move you to the next scene if you fail or if you succeed And it just ends up being this really, really quick demo. It's like, it's brilliant. I'm looking at it right now. That's it looks so cool. Really good one. Yeah. Oh, man. That's a really good one. Jesus. <laughs> um, that's that's smart. Like, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm obsolete. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. We'll definitely link it in the description for the listeners so you can check it out. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, even just watching uh, the YouTube video, kind of, because that's what I'm watching right now. Yeah, because the, the YouTube video is basically a, a perfect play of that trailer yeah. or the, the demo. Um, and it's I can't wait for that game it, wow. it's being published by Devolver it was supposed to come out last year I think but it got delayed I guess but that one looks a lot of fun it really does I'm impressed <laughs> I've just watched it <laughs> it's so good yeah when I see stuff like that I'm like oh god I'm not that smart <laughs> <laughs> is there like a, a sweet spot for trailers that you feel well I know there are different types of trailers but let's just say maybe a teasy trailer announcement trailer a gameplay trailer is there like a sweet spot that you feel like hey this is where i'll start losing interest or this is like long enough for length yeah i mean typically gameplay trailers aren't or game trailers aren't longer than 90 seconds it's totally like movie trailers can go up to two two and a half minutes usually some i think they're allowed like one three minute trailer per year each studio Mm. Mm -hmm. but games um yeah 90 seconds but the thing I usually say is, because a lot of times people come to me and say, oh, I need a 60-second trailer, or I need a 30-second trailer, 45-second. And usually they're not saying it because they actually have any time restrictions. Like, they're not in some sort of right. show where it's they were told, you only have 60 seconds and then maybe 10 seconds to give your presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever they say that to me, I just say, I'm just going to make it as long as it needs to be. Mm. Right. Because the other thing is that good editing can make a certain amount of time feel short and bad editing can make it feel incredibly long. So right, right. like the, when I think about a trailer that I think is not good, it's when a trailer is 90 seconds long and 20 seconds in, I'm checking the progress bar on YouTube <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, where, cause the, the thing that really makes a trailer feel long is every ad in YouTube is <laughs> pretty much what you're doing. The, Just waiting for that pop up. Yeah. The, the thing that makes a trailer feel long is when you don't feel like it's going anywhere. Like right. there's no sense of progression. Like you don't see any sort of editorial thought between the shot you just saw and the shot that came afterwards. You know, mm-hmm. it could be something really, really simple. It could be like, okay, this shot, they did a single jump. Next shot, they did a double jump. So then you say, okay, this is going somewhere. But if it's just like chaos, 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 and you're like, okay, well, it's just going to be more chaos, right? You know, so there's right, no reason right. to think that the editor was putting it in any sort of order that it's like not, it's not an arc, basically. You know, there's no beginning, middle, and end. It's just bleh. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what makes you tune out. Just like like uh, like a Michael Bay film when you can't keep track of the action, mm-hmm. right? You know, but it's like Mad Max, and you can know everything that's going on every single moment, and it's still cut fast, but you know it's you can keep track of it. Then you're engaged, right? So it's time is it's it's very it's like relative, right? Right. Well, speaking of time and being relative, I'm looking <laughs> at the time, and I can relate. 
to the fact that we've been podcasting for over an hour. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to first. Well, thank you for joining us for this podcast. But yeah, thanks. At this time, Brandon and I usually step away from the mic and we go refill our coffee mugs and we leave you in the recording studio by yourself to talk directly oh, to the audience. Are you going to come back? Uh, maybe. Do I, maybe. Do I, I don't stop? even know at this point. But uh, we want to give you a chance to talk directly to the audience to promote, to shout out or raise awareness for something you're involved in, something that you think needs a little more shine or some spotlight time. So without further ado, Mr. Derek Liu, the floor is yours. All right. Thanks. Um, well, if anyone wants to find my work, they can go to derek com, which is spelled D-E-R-E-K dash l-i-e-u dot com and i also i write a weekly newsletter where i just share trailer tips i do reviews and i just talk about trailers a lot um you can go to the website um make better trailers dot com uh you can find me on twitter i'm at derek lewis derek underscore lou and this is uh not game related but my sister has a free fine arts education website cool. called artprof.org hey. which i think that needs more love she's trying to do a really cool thing because she knows that fine arts is a thing that doesn't get funding in schools it's frequently cut so she wants to kind of share it for the world um that's artprof.org that's a good one and if you're just interested in more tri- uh, tips about capture if you look up um I think just GDC 2018 making capturing great footage for game trailers. You should find my talk there and a lot of good tips for capturing and debug tools. And at some point I will be making uh, a post on my blog on my website with just like a list of debug tools. So then that's easy to reference. You don't have to watch a 45 minute video just to find those things. And that's probably it. Well, awesome. I think Thank yeah, you so those much, are two man. gems. <laughs> I, and I will say this, the tutorials are actually really good. They're nice and neatly organized. And like the thumbnails really give you a great, in, uh, I guess, v- window into what you're going to be learning. Uh, I really cool. appreciate mm-hmm. you putting together that content because I, I do actually make little stupid videos all the time. So I was interested in uh, oh, nice. your stuff. So thank you very much for that resource. And also your sister. I'm looking at Art Prof right now. It's it's pretty in depth, man. You yeah, she's been, she, she did a she did a Kickstarter, and she's been they've been doing it for a year or two, yeah. and she's got like assistance, and it's everything from just saying you know what chalk to use or what uh, canvas to use or what paper and why, and just it's this I don't think anything like that exists anywhere, especially for free online, yeah. because there's a lot of a lot of stuff on online, it's like digital. And like Photoshop tutorials and stuff, so I think it's pretty unique. And she, um, she's a RISD professor, also. Oh dang! Oh wow! So she's taught like Legit. she's taught every single grade from the tiniest kid to college students. That's so awesome! So she knows her stuff. Well, I gotta say, I've bookmarked both websites. I'm Larry Sweet. Charles, and I'm saying good night. This is Brandon Fam. Thank you, Derek. You have made our podcast efficient. <laughs> And a lot better just by being on. So thank you so much. This is Brandon Fam. See you guys next week. Thanks. I love. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to stay in touch or continue to follow our developments, then you need to go to facebook.com forward slash game dev unchained and drop a like and stay in touch. You can also get the direct feed for this podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash game dev unchained.